is that guy. What is happening, boxing freaks? How are you doing? How have you been? It's been a while. God damn. We're here tonight to give you guys our review of 2020's boxing calendar. We're here to talk about Canelo Alvarez's fight against Callum Smith. I know you guys want to hear our take on it. Triple G's fight. And we'll do our last and final prediction for 2020 for Ryan Garcia versus Luke Campbell. And then many other boxing news topics. And maybe give maybe give you a little tip on our pound-for-pound pound list. Or should we leave you in suspense? You'll have to wait and find out. But ladies and gentlemen, I don't do this by myself. You guys have been listening to us for the whole 2020 and you guys damn well know we don't do this by ourselves. We do have a co-host. He's a Sacramento bad boy himself. He's the let's hope Adrian Broner gets his life together in 2021. It's the Sacramento bad boy himself, B-Ray in the motherfucking house. B-Ray? I was born right. What up, man? Last one of the year. Last one of the year. Who said who, who thought we were going to get this far? <clears throat> I know, right? Who really thought so? Who, who really thought we were going to be ending it like this, right? I did not expect boxing to come back in 2020, and it did. Not the last really. Five weeks have been exciting for us. Very exciting. I was. Very, I, I'm, I'm glad because we really needed it. Yes, yes. It, Fuck it, yeah. From from the Charlo Brothers' doubleheader pay per view to Tank mm-hmm. Davis's pay per view debut to the return of Earl Spence. I mean, and and the return of Anthony Joshua and Canelo. It's just been. Boxing galore. Boxing, boxing is a is a sport that, you know what they find a way. Yeah, they'll find the way, and I think twenty twenty, this whole COVID, they proved it. They found a way. <clears throat> I I don't know what you think, but this to me was the most exciting year for boxing. It really was in a way, and it, it really did. In a way, how do you say it? I guess it, it kind of did pump you up for next year because you really do hope that these fights that we all really want to see could happen because a lot of people were listing their fights. A lot of people were listing the fights they really want to see. And it's a good one. So they could make up all, they can do all that next year, man. We can have Fury uh, Wilder again, or Joshua versus Wilder. We can finally get Spence versus Crawford. Canelo fighting basically anybody at 160, 168. So yeah, I'm pretty excited for this. It's, I mean, it's an exciting year. I mean, it's a, uh... It, 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 I'm sorry. It was an exciting year to yeah. have to have in boxing. Like I said, there's so many matchups. There's so many things going on. Um, a lot of stuff that we didn't expect. Like I, for sure, didn't expect the return of Canelo Alvarez. Uh, two no, ago. I didn't expect that. I thought Canelo was going to be out of the sh- uh, out of commission for the full 2020 and a little bit of 2021. Right. Hey, we talked about it here. He got out of his fucking his deal with Golden Boy. He got out of the zone. It looks like he might get his own fucking good deal with the zone. I mean, we'll talk about it later on, but he's getting mm-hmm. a two-fight deal with the zone probably. The man <clears throat> the man proved us wrong. Anthony oh, Josh yeah. Anthony Joshua came back and proved why he is one of you know one of the best top heavyweights in the world. And if you actually look at it, he's the only heavyweight to fight this calendar year. I mean, I know Fury and Wilder did it in the beginning of the year, but mm-hmm. Joshua made sure he fought and showcased himself. 
And like yep. we said it before, and we said it again. It's not what you've done; it's what you've done for us lately. And Joshua, lately, and Joshua right now cemented his uh, his status as the best heavyweight in the world with his performance against his performance. I'm sorry, <clears throat> against Pulev. And then we got the return of Earl Spence Jr. Dude, like fuck again. We didn't expect Earl Spence to come back, and if we did, we didn't expect him to fight a guy like Danny Garcia. Nah, like a tuna fight. <laughs> we expected a tuna fight. And then even when he did fight, we didn't expect this type of outcome. Fuck no. <laughs> I did not actually. So to me, that's why I feel that 2020 was the best year for boxing. Did we get the fights we wanted? No. Did we get Crawford versus Spence? No. Are we going to get it in 2021? Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Did we get the rematch between Wilder and Fury? No. Are we going to get it? Maybe, maybe not. You know? But it was an exciting year. To me, it was an exciting year for boxing. I mean, you had, um, I think, to me, the reason it's exciting because the the right now, the mo- besides the Walter weight, the most talked about division right now is the lightweight division. Between 130 yeah, is, and 135 pounds, this was the year of the lightweights. Really this was, was the, actually. <clears throat> this showcased was the, them a lot. This is the year of, uh, of Tiafima Lopez, who, I mean, we didn't do, we didn't do an award. Sarah, we didn't do awards. Like I know <laughs> before we did, we've done like rookie of the year or fight of the year. But Beer, you got you got a you got a. Um, we both have to agree on this. Tia Female Lopez is basically the up and rising. Th- not was it? Uh, what was the, the, that was an award him? Uh, the um, the standout uh, uh, of, the standout fighter of the year. There we go. Yeah. I mean, since day one, we've been talking about this kid as a showcase fighter. He showed up. He proved himself as a legit champion. I mean, he may or may not be on my pound for pound list. That might come out on January first. Mm-hmm. Letting you guys again, giving you guys a little hint. He may or he <laughs> may not be in the list. I mean, he dethroned by many people, not me, not me, the best pound for pound fighter in the world. But again, not me. <laughs> but a lot of people, not us, but a lot of people. But the lightweight division was uh, to me, to the lightweight division was a glamour division. Yes. You had Tiafimo Lopez defeating Lomachenko. Which was like I think you gotta consider almost the upset of the no would you consider the upset of the year? Uh, you know what I think the Wilder Fury Wilder maybe upset of the year I would want to say because no one expected him to win that way in a fucking knockout <laughs> maybe that, that that might be but it is up there I think Fury, when he's up I there. think Fury Wilder deserves more of a the uh, 2020 shock of the year because I don't think no one expected Fury yes. to to do what he did to, to Wilder. I think mm-hmm. we all, I think all of us knew he he was going to beat Wilder in a decision win, but I don't think any of us thought he was going to run through him the way he ran through him through seven. Exactly. No one expected. I didn't expect it. I mean, I know I was going for fear of for Wilder in the second fight. I was impressed by Fury. I'm giving him all the credit until proving until proving guilty that he fucking loaded his gloves and did whatever the fuck he used <laughs> up. I give credit to Tyson Fury. That to me was just that wasn't an upset. That was a shock. That was a uh, the shocking moment in boxing in 2020. You know you're right, and you, you saw right that Ring Magazine named two two fight of the years, and I can see why they did that. But if you ask me, I have to pick one. I gotta pick with Lopez, Teofimo Lopez. You give him fight, fight of the year. year? I give him fight of the year. You know what? Yeah, I got to give him fight of the year. Got to give him fight of the year. What about trainer of the year? They gave they gave it to Eddie Reynoso. Um, fuck. I, I think we talked about it. Who might get it? Was it um, somebody? I, after, I feel, a, 
I feel uh-huh. the one that should have got it was Jamel Charlos and Earl Spence's trainer. Derek there James. Was about Derek to say. James. Derek, Derek I'm, I'm James. I'm trying to figure his name. The motherfucker got Jamel Charlos to become the unified, <laughs> basically the kingpin of the 154 division. He's the kingpin yes. of the division. And he came back and he brought back Earl Spence Jr. There we go. I was about to say he yeah, that he's has trainer to be trainer ass. of the year. I agree. I thought he should have got it. I mean, no disrespect. We to Eddie about Ray. it. No disrespect to Eddie Ray and Eddie Reynoso. Eddie Reynoso is a mm-hmm. fucking hell of a trainer. Yes, but I mean, you, you your only showcase fighter is Canelo. He, he trains other fighters, but his showcase fighter, his fucking his uh his golden goose, his you know his his Manny Pacquiao or Freddie Roach is Canelo Alvarez. <laughs> Yeah, you know what I mean, but I mean we'll talk about that probably moving more longer. But uh, I know people are like, "Hey, what, so you guys gonna talk?" We are talking about pretty much the we're opening the show differently because I wanted to go right into our thoughts of 2020 before we go into the news, before we go into everything else. I just wanted to talk about everything. I, and I know people are like, well, "What happened to the talk? What happened to you guys this Christmas?" Don't worry about our Christmas, motherfucker. <laughs> Don't worry about it. We all had the same motherfucking Christmas the same way you guys did at home. Pretty much. COVID. We don't need you. You guys don't give a fuck. We, we ain't 10 years old. We're going to tell each other what the fuck we got for Christmas. We go straight into boxing here, motherfuckers. We go into straight into boxing. You ain't bullshitting. That's exactly what it was on Christmas. COVID. A couple of presents. Watch uh, Christmas movies. That's it. That's Box it. Chocolate. That's it. That's exactly. So, fuck, fuck the talk. Let's just talk about That's why I know I know everyone who just tuned in, they're like, wait, what the fuck? You guys aren't going to talk about that. No, no, you guys don't need to know what the fuck we did for Christmas, motherfucker. We did the same thing you did. And we, that's it. We did the same motherfucking thing you did. But, B-Ray, 2020, yes. man. I mean, look, fucking Julio Cesar Chavez got a fight in LA <laughs> this year. He got two fucking fights this year. I, I believe he. <laughs> I'm bleed. He got well, he got three fights. Wait, what, did he fight Danny Jacobs this year? No, that was oh wait, fuck. Was man. it last year? Do I want to say December of last year? I think so. Or, or, or early this year? I'm not Something too like sure. That. But, uh, I mean, but I mean, but yeah, he, but he, he got to fight in. He got to fight in. He did. Uh huh. You know, he continues to embarrass the Chavez legacy. Of course. <laughs> and I mean, <laughs> you know what? I, I'm just. I'm glad there was boxing this year. I, I didn't expect it to be. I, I was like, I was, I was disappointed, you know. And and when the whole COVID thing, I was like, fuck, there's no boxing. And with 2020, I saw, I saw fights. I don't think I was gonna watch probably in a regular year. Like I like I said, I was watching old. I think the first the beginning of COVID, I was watching old school fights. Cotto Margarito, Gotti yeah. Gotti Ward, Corrales Castillo. I was watching all that, all these fights from back in the day. When I say back in the day, I'm talking about my time period. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about the 90s. I, I, of course, I was watching the old Tyson fights from the 80s, the Ali fights. But I'm watching the fights that I remember watching on Showtime on HBO. <clears throat> I'm talking yeah. about those fights. I was watching the I was watching the whole Floyd Mayweather Showtime deal when he fought Guerrero, Maidana, Canelo, Berto, Pacquiao. I was watching all that shit. I was watching all that stuff during COVID, during this whole quarantine shit. Because I didn't expect boxing to come back, and it did, and it impressed no. me. No, and we did mention this when when COVID hit. We did remember how we talked about. We said that most likely we're not going to be seeing the big names. We're going to be seeing those other fighters that really don't get much showcase, and they're going to be shining. Well, we didn't really much. It wasn't really that. We did see some of the big names. Well, dude, 
this year the Charlos came out. To me, this was a breakout yeah. year for the Charlo brothers. Yes, it was actually yes because they to me I I know they love to complain the fucking haters, but I thought that the opponents that they fought this year, it's like legit. You the, can't fucking complain. <laughs> I mean, the fact that Jamel Charlo is the kingpin at 154 and he beat yeah. a legit fighter. The, none of this bullshit. You know, he beat a legit fighter. Yes. The fact that the the, the fight was even in the betting odds showed showcased it. The mm-hmm. fact that Jamal Charlo defended his middleweight title against a legit middleweight that people said, oh, shit, this is his toughest test. Well, it didn't yep. show it. It didn't show it in the ring. Um, that was, was a tough they fight. Were, I'll say that. They were the breakout. They were, they were the breakout. The, the fighters actually broke out and actually proved, proved why they deserve to be a threat mm-hmm. in, in many people's list. But to me, again, if we're doing awards, the breakout fighter of the year is right now Shakur Stevenson. Damn. Shakur Stevenson is a breakout fighter of the year. To me, that is a kid we have to watch moving forward. He's not the fastest fighter. He's not the strongest fighter. He's smart. And mm-hmm. his, at his age, he is composed. And if he is focused as he looks, like he looked in his last two performances, sky is the limit for this kid. I agree. Because I think, was it last year maybe or, or early this year, he did got, got himself a little, little bit of trouble. So mm-hmm. I do year. hope that, yeah, early this year, right? So, yeah, when you say that, I, I agree because – he did get himself a little bit in trouble. So if he knocked, you know, if he just cut that shit out, <laughs> he will do good. Mm-hmm. But um, like, I, like I said, I mean, to me, he's the, he's the breakout fighter. There. He broke out. He proved the fact mm-hmm. that his name is not being mentioned as a possible opponent for Lomachenko, Tank Davis. I mean, if he wants to, he can move up to 135 and fight against these lightweights that right now we're talking, we're going to talk about soon enough. He's the breakout fighter of the year. Um, mm-hmm. knockout. There were fucking knockouts galore this year. They were so many. But people had it a tie with Tank Davis, and I forgot what was the other fight. What was the other fight? Goddamn, do we have? Um... I'm trying to remember. I I kept seeing all over social media that a lot of people were considering a tie with Tank Davis against Leo Santa Cruz, and I can't think of the other one. I I, I don't think I have it saved here. Yeah, I don't think me either. But <clears throat> but of course, yeah, the Tank Davis knockout. A lot of people are mentioning that. Yeah, I, I I think to me that one fight of mm-hmm. knock out of the year. To me, that was knock that out was of the year. Fucking vicious. That yeah. was knock out of the year to me. The the uppercut, which was the year the uppercut. Everyone kept throwing that fucking uppercut like it was like, <laughs> like it was like the newest That's punch. True. Like it was like the newest punch nobody ever heard about. Like what the fuck? I know, right? That's like old school shit, man. It's like it's like when someone it's like when someone introduced the alley oop. Like wait, what the fuck? What's this? <laughs> What? How do you defend against this? You that know, is very. I didn't even think of that. You're right. But um, 2020 to me, best year in boxing. I was excited. Uh, there were fights after fights. Um, you know, you know, you had just. I mean, a glorified. Like we said, we didn't expect the big time players to come out. Canelo fought. Joshua mm-hmm. fought. You know, those were the big time players. When we talk about big time players, Spence fought this year. Crawford fought this year. You had the big time players that fought, and we were very adamant that we didn't think these guys were going to fight. We thought this was going to be the year of the prospects. This was going to be the year of the journeyman fighters. This was going to be the year of fighters that were going to break out that maybe may have not gotten a a main event push on network TV. Mm-hmm. We thought right. that was going to be for them. No, shit, Crawford fought. Like I just mentioned, Crawford, Joshua, Canelo, Spence, they all fought this year. We didn't expect that to happen. We did not. Again, we expected guys like eh, like Charlo. Guys like Charlos and Tifuma Lopez, to, you know, for them to fight this year, yeah, we didn't expect names like Canelo, Earl Spence Jr., 
Yeah, I, I did not expect it. So, so I mean, like I said, we want, I wanted to take this whole this whole first part to talk about the the fight of um twenty twenty overall mm-hmm. as a as a sport. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a. I was, but yeah, one thing I don't know if there's like a a fight of the year that you that I guess you personally you felt that was your favorite because I have one I, out of all of them. I have to say the one that I really like and I was really excited because it was. You don't get to see unifications. Was the yeah, Tiafimo Lopez versus Lobachenko. I was so excited for that because I was pumped up to possibly see a new star, you know, rise, a new star. But which what did happen? So to me, that's probably my favorite moment in boxing this year was just seeing that the way they promoted it. And again, they they kept saying that on the fight. You rarely see unifications. This is great. No, yeah, it's it's very it's rare that you see unification like this. Mm-hmm. And when you and then when you do, it's against equally matched fighters. Well, yeah. I mean, on paper, it wasn't it wasn't considered equally matched because Lomachenko was the oh. big. But I think for the for the for the real boxing fans that knew who Teofimo Lopez was, what he brought to the table, this was an even matchup. Mm-hmm. This was whoever had the game better game plan was going to execute it, and it happened to be Teofimo Lopez. Regardless of what people have to say that, oh, you know. Regardless with Mr. Liu, who, you know, who argue with me about that, he, you know, it should have been a draw. I'm like, you know, you know, you're 50, you know, what the fuck do you know? <laughs> Love you, bro. I'm going to do a show with him on Friday. Love you. But uh, regardless, um, that's your fight of the year. My fight of the year was this, uh, I think it happened a couple weeks ago. Uh, Masayoshi Nakatani versus Felix Verdejo. Oh, that's right. You can't tell me. I got to watch that. You that right. to me, was, that was a hell of a fight. You know, anybody who saw the undercard you know, of uh, Shakur Stevenson's fight. Hell of a fight. It was a knockout, drag out fight and knockdowns. And then finally a knockout. I mean, to me, that's fight of the year. I think you don't have, it doesn't have to be name, uh, a casual name brand fighters to bring you fight. No, it doesn't. Sometimes, you mm-hmm. know, you get them just on undercards. And you got it in this undercard right. with uh, Nakatani versus Felix Verdejo. I mean, that was a, like I said, mm-hmm. anybody who doesn't, hasn't seen it, I recommend watching it. That's, to me, fight of the year. If we're giving out awards this year, but we're not. Right. <laughs> this was like honorable. This is like our version of honorable mentions of uh, stuff Basically. Like that. <laughs> <clears throat> Basically, it is, actually. You know, that's, to me, honorable mentions. Better. Yeah, I mean, is there anything else you want to add about 2020, the whole boxing calendar, <sighs> anything like that, regards to boxing? Not really. That's all I can think of. I think we, we hit them all so far that I can think of, yeah. Okay. Okay, okay. Um, Well, let's get down to it, B-Ram. The last, <laughs> yeah, last Friday night was – no, it was the last Friday night. It was two weeks ago. I'm sorry. Fuck. Two weeks ago, yes. <laughs> so we took that's a break. How, that's how far yeah. we, took a, we took a break. We took a break. Yeah, we took a break. So two weeks ago, the return of Triple G. Janati, Ganaevich, Golovkin – or many people, GGG, Triple G, you know, big drama show. He fought, and uh, it was like almost a year and a half since the last time he fought. Oh, uh, yeah. A, a year, year, a year and, and a month. A year and a month. Two months. Okay, a year and two months. A year two months. He defended his IBO and IBF title against Sir Remetta. Yeah. He won. You know, he got, he got, he he got, he got the win. He looked good. Like, meaning, I'm sorry, uh, uh, physique. I mean, that's something I want to ask you before we go into this talk. 2020, yeah. was this the year that a lot of people probably took them, uh, a lot of where Vada and Yusada took the night off? Because, I remember uh, you texting me that, that night. I'm not, accusing, like, I'm not accusing 
ladies and gentlemen. But if I'm honest, a lot of hey, these guys. Okay. Come on. <laughs> I, G, 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 I'm just saying. I'm not, I'm not saying you took anything, but great physique. But. A uh, bit better than last year, you know? Yeah, you just look. Hey, hey, hey maybe that's what it, what happens when you when you train literally one year, man. I don't know. I don't know. But... Or, or when you're in quarantine and all you do is train. Right, that might be the case, but you, but you have a good point about the USADA. And You're right. I haven't heard anything about. I that. don't remember. I don't remember hearing anything for any of the big fights. Like, oh, you know, they were strict drug testing. The only right, you always hear that. The only testing I kept hearing was these fighters were strictly testing for COVID week, day in, day out. Okay, we know there was COVID testing, but it was their urine, blood sampling, make sure none of these guys were doping. I, I I mean, ladies and gentlemen, if, if I'm wrong, if me and B-Ray are wrong about this, please, please DM us and tell us or send us an article <laughs> where, you know, they spoke about the fighters were being tested throughout this year. And I get it, COVID this year, but if we're honest, some fighters, I'm not pointing any fingers here, may have been a little bit juicing it. Good boy, good boy. Some clambuteral meat might have fallen somewhere. So that's all I'm going to say about that. That's all I'm going to say about that. Hey, we have every right to say this because every time, especially those big fucking fights, we always see those articles. They're always saying, yep, USADA or WADA is part of this fight. And they are being, they're being tested. Yeah, and and you're right. Even... Nothing. The only testing I kept hearing is that they're getting tested for COVID. That's it. Nada. I'm telling you, I didn't, I didn't hear anything about it, but I mean, I'm not saying anything. I'm just fucking. But I, 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 meant, I thought I'd mention it just in case nobody <laughs> realized it. Which again, just bringing it up here to you, bringing it up here, folks, in case you guys didn't realize mm, yep, that yep. there was no COVID testing or not good. I'm not COVID. No, oh, uh, no testing. No testing for yeah for uh, PEDs, any other overall anything. There was no performance and drugs, anything basically. Yes. Only COVID. only COVID unless they unless they're trying to say like oh yeah don't worry that any other substance will appear in the COVID testing which I fucking doubt it. I'm no doctor. I fucking doubt it. Exactly. But all right, let's get into it. So Triple G versus Camille Zermermeta for the IBF, IBO Championship of the World. Bira, I said this fight was an end between round six, round seven, so I guess I win. You nailed it. <laughs> nailed it. All right, so he basically overwhelms the fighter, and this, this is kind of my spirit. So I'm looking at ESPN, and ESPN has it. The Gennady Golovkin overwhelms Camille Zamoretta to set a record middleweight title defense. Bira, can you explain to me what middleweight title defense this guy has? So, um... What was their promoting again? That he was making his 21st, 22nd title defense, which apparently beats Bernard Hopkins. 20 defenses. Which, right? Now, you, and I swear to you, I thought of this, but I thought maybe, oh, I guess I'm wrong, but I'm so glad I'm not the only one. You fucking text me, and he goes, you, t- you literally, he, the J over here text me, he goes, wait, how, how does that count? Doesn't he start from fucking zero because he lost to Canelo? That's what I think, right? That's what I thought so too. But they're basically saying, no, I, they, I, I swear to you, they make it sound like, no, no, no. It's like overall, overall, he had this many tie defenses. That still counts. 
I don't think that's how it works. I mean, I'm not in the boxing business, but the better the better word would be he's been in this many title fights. At most, he's been in 22 title fights, middleweight title fights. Different story. I mean, is that the record? I mean, I know Bernard Hopkins uh, set the record at 20 title defenses. 20. At 20 title defenses, Gennady Ganovkin lost to to Canelo. The streak is over. Mm-hmm. You know, just like the 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 KO streak. Remember he remember HBO kept building up that knockout streak. Oh yeah, he had a KO streak until he got in the ring with Danny Jacobs, and then it was over. You didn't hear you didn't hear them continue going the knockout streak. And like no, the knockout streak ended when he couldn't knock out the next opponent. <laughs> exactly. So the same shit happens here when you lose your titles. Your title defense streak ends at that. Now, would it have been better if it was? He's you know he sets a middleweight. Uh, he's been in twenty two middleweight title fights. Would have been better. That would have been better. Makes more sense. Makes more sense. Like oh, okay, cool. You know he's been in. He's basically been in almost. He's what? How many fights does he have? Like thirty something fights. I believe so. Around there, yes. Okay, it's right here. Hold on. Triple G has forty one fight. Well, he, at the time he had forty fights with thirty five knockouts, which means. Half of his fights have been have been fucking middleweight fight middleweight title fights. Wow. That would have been that to me. That would have been the proper way to announce it, not the way DeZone was going about in saying, "Well, Bernard Hopkins would be proud of this guy." No, fuck you, mean Bernard Hopkins would be proud of this guy. <laughs> Someone should have made a meme of that. Like what? Me part fuck no. <laughs> that's that's my my uh, my thing about it. So again, the thirty eight year old middleweight champion goes in there. And does a masterful performance against this fighter, uh, whose record at the time was 21 wins, one loss, five knockouts. He's now 21, two, and five. Um, B Ray, we knew this this fight was going to be a showcase fight. We knew Triple G was going to go in there. He he, he Um, was supposed to, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what he's supposed to do. Yep. He he went in there. The guy like him. I just didn't like the way he looked. He looked slower, even though he physically he looked good. Physically he looked good. You know, Clambutero is working at full strength at this moment. But I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying. I'm not saying anything, but I'm just saying. Um, he looked good, but he looked a, a tad slower. Uh, I didn't, Do you see any improvement since moving to a John David uh, – not John David Dick. Oh, my God, I forgot the trainer's name. John David Dick. The wrong trainer, wrong trainer. Yeah, I forgot. Jonathan I, Banks. I, Jonathan, when he went oh, back okay. with Jonathan Banks, do you notice a difference with him? I mean, he still has a he still has a great jab, a good right hand, but I mean, I I feel like he's a, a tad slower. I think I I don't know. He doesn't he didn't look like the same Triple G. And when I mean the same Triple G, I mean the Triple G that was running, which when he was basically the boogeyman in the middle with division when guys like Cotto and Martinez were openly avoiding this guy. Even Canelo, who avoided him for two years, like he didn't look like that Triple G. He he just looks like a thirty-eight version. Uh, he looks like a thirty-eight-year-old, you know, in shape middleweight. There we go. I was gonna really hit that with that. Like he looked like a yeah, Gennady Golovkin at age thirty-three, uh, thirty-eight. I didn't see much shit. Now the people in the zone somehow. I guess I guess you can say they kind of disagree on me on us on that because I forgot what round it was, but they're showing the replay and they're talking about how like, Hey, look at that. Look at Triple G's kind of moving his head very well. He must've learned that from his new trainer. He's always done that. He's always been, exactly. he's, he's, always always... Been, he's always been good at slipping some of the punches. Like if you guys watch Canelo one and two, 
he gets hit cleanly a, a handful of times. You know, mm-hmm. he he's good at rolling the punches, and that's what he did. He rolled the punches that, you know, um, you're right. They were trying to make it seem like Jonathan Banks had done some wonders by yeah. teaching him how to how to slip. I didn't, I didn't see that. I just saw uh, Triple G at age 38, and I mean, yeah. What, so what happened? What he did? Yeah, he was supposed to do that, but I didn't see anything that goes. Holy shit, he has a good chance against Canelo. Really, right now, he he. If that fight ever happens, and if you uh, flat out ask me, who do you think will win? So far, Canelo has the edge right now. Triple um, G to me is just he's he just looks at the his age. That's it, and we won't know exactly how good he is until he gets in the ring with guys like uh, if he if he gets in the ring with guys like Charlo or Demetrius Andre. You won't know. So I mean, to me. Uh, you're right. I think if he fights Canelo Alvarez, I'm leaning more towards Canelo, and I'm basing it on yeah. the last three opponents and how Canelo's looked compared to how Triple G's looked. Triple G's looked like he's starting to he's starting the age is starting to catch up to Triple G. Yeah, it really is. So to me, Triple G would be the heavy underdog in this fight if the fight were to be scheduled. Mm-hmm. Um, but we won't know. I mean, do you get up for the? I mean, do you get motivated to, uh, if you're if you're like a Triple G? Do you get motivated to fight? the fighter he fought two weeks ago. I mean, would he, would he be the triple G that we think he is? If he fought, like you just mentioned, Jamal Charlo or Andre, um, Demetrius Andre, or, uh-huh. or like Han right now, it's being rumored. Jaime Munguia. This is something, this is something that me and you have been talking about this year when Munguia fought. We said Munguia, if he wins and if he looks impressive in his next fight, he should fight triple G. Well, we, he didn't look impressive. He didn't Did look it. impressive, but and right here, um, this is coming from official behind the gloves. They put Gennady Golovkin and Jaime Munguia are in talks of a potential fight in May, according to Munguia's Mexican promoter, Fernando Beltran. B-Ray, what's your take on that? Triple G just came off of this win. We just, you know, critiqued it in a bit. He didn't – he looked good. He won. He got the W, but he didn't yeah. impress us the way we thought he should impress us. Jaime Munguia, is that a good opponent? Do you think that motivates Triple G? That brings the – that they may that might spark the fire into Triple G. It has to be because he has to look at it this way, and I'm I'm looking at it the same way. Now, if he fights Mungia and he beats him, good fashion, like no, you know, not a close fight. It was convincingly this guy beats him. Then yeah, I think that would probably <clears throat> um, help his confidence. You understand? I think he'll start feeling himself a bit more because he just beat a pretty good a young fighter. I don't like Mugia's chances based on his last fight. So that's so far what I'm just going to tell you of my take. If the fight does happen, I don't like his chances, but fuck yeah, I'll tune in if the fight happens. I'll tune I, in that fight. I'll say this right now. I think uh, is a younger, stronger guy in my point of view. In my mm-hmm. view, I think what gets Triple G the win is his experience. Experience, I agree. Experience would actually make uh, would uh, be the big difference in this fight. I think the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, another fighter you mentioned, uh, Demetrius Andre, and again, official behind the gloves posted. Mm-hmm. Eddie Hearn has said he wants Gennady Golovkin versus Demetrius Andre in 2021 for the IBF and WBO middleweight title unification. And I quote: "I'll be saying to the zone, you have a contract with Andre, you have a contract with Golovkin." Let's put these guys together. B-Ray, we asked ourselves at the end of 2019, in the beginning of 2020, the zone is spending money on all these fucking fighters. 
Nobody's matching up against nobody. Nobody. <laughs> the zone literally tanked 2020. We thought they were going to fucking roll over. The dog had gone belly up. Mm-hmm. You know. Now, now their talks. Now Eddie Hearn's talking about like, oh, well, you know, we have Andre here, we have Triple G. Let's put them together. <laughs> Shouldn't that been the talk in the beginning? Shouldn't been that attitude in the beginning. <laughs> Shouldn't that been the attitude you guys had when you guys streamed this fucking app and you sold this app as the as the quote unquote pay per view killer? Instead, two weeks ago, you guys sold pay per views. <laughs> <laughs> I just felt weird when I saw this. If, you, if you're watching this on pay-per-view, you got a good deal with the zone. We'll get on that with, when we talk quick. We'll talk about that. But I mean, yeah. B-Ray, I mean, Demetrius Andre, to me, that's a good fight. It is a good fight. And you know what? I think another reason why they fucking, they just waited it out because they must have been like, well, let's showcase them, which they did, they did it too long. But I think that was their stupid excuse. Let's showcase them on our network. I mean, Dimitri Sandy was supposed to fight this year. Um, his yeah, opponent, was, caught, his opponent got COVID. Mm-hmm. Fight go postponed. They couldn't find anybody. And this is the like this is kind of not. I don't think it's 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 Dimitri Sandy's style. Our fighters don't want to. I think if this would have been like someone falling out from a Canelo fight, anybody would have taken that with two weeks' notice. Dimitri Sandy like. Do I really want to go in there? And Dimitri Sanjay, he, he's his worst enemy. You know, he's a he's an um, he's a difficult fighter to look good against. Yeah, you know, so it's kind of hard. So he didn't get a shot to fight this year. You know, he we, we saw him two weeks ago. He was uh, part of the announced team on the Zone for the Canelo fight. He's 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 made it very known. He's willing to fight Canelo one sixty one sixty eight. He's made it known. He's willing to take less money to fight Billy Joe Sanders made it known since day one he wants to fight triple g he's made it known he's willing to fight anybody from 160 to 168 he just wants a shot which i can't wait to have, talk about that conversation a little later but Jimmy, <laughs> just I, out of the two opponents which one do you think is the most likely one to happen if you were if you were if you were the the matchmaker in the zone saying okay what which one's gonna put asses in seats uh, Triple G versus Demetrius Andre fight like in March, February, March, April, or a Cinco de Mayo weekend fight or, you know, Mexican Independence Day fight, um, Triple G Munguia. Now, when you put it that way, right, who, what's going to make, yeah, put more asses in seats? And also, what just, which, in which one's mm-hmm. going to get people to stream, get the app? There we go. Yep, when you put it that way, it sounds like, and I think it's obvious, when you put it that way, they're going to be leaning towards against Mugia. Come on. They can sell that shit easily. Oh, shit, we're fighting on Cinco de Mayo weekend. A lot of people would want to watch this fight. You know, stream it on, on the zone or go into whatever city they're going to be fighting in. They're going to do that. That's sad because I would love to see him fight Dimitri Andre as well. But if you're talking about, okay, what's going to make us the most money? What, what, how can we, which one we can promote it, you know, the best? It's to me you know, like which, the monkey fight. Right? The monkey who's, fight. A, who's more of a marquee fighter? I keep hearing that a lot on the zone. Who's a more marquee fighter? They're going to go with Mungia. Mungia has the Mexican following. makes more sense. Like I said, if you're going to want to, if you want people to, to, to subscribe to your streaming service, 
Mungia is the best option to do it. You know, yep. he's not a well-known name, but he has a following. Triple G is a well-known name. It's a good fight. Both guys are action-packed fighters. You know you're going to get some type of fireworks in this fucking matchup. So that's, to me, the marquee yep. fight that the zone's going to want to push, come into it. So I think um, going into 2021, my prediction is Mungia versus Triple G is going to get made. Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> I so, think Demetrius Andre. For me? For me. I think for me. I think either a week before Cinco de Mayo or after the Cinco de Mayo weekend. I was about to say, like, you think they're going to go, yeah. Canelo's going to fucking run that one. I Definitely. Unless unless they're going to put him on a fucking Friday night. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> and if that happens, that, to me, <laughs> that just shows that the star power that Triple G has. Yeah, I agree. You're going to play second fiddle. All the, time. Yep. All the yep. time. All the time. So to me, my prediction is Mungia Triple G is going to happen. I think the the other my other prediction for a mar- for a possible fight, Billy Joe Sanders versus kind of but Billy Joe Sanders versus Demetrius Andre. I think that fight's going to happen. That's a pretty good one to make, actually. I think that's a fight it was a ri- that Demetrius Andre it sup- needs. Yes. It was supposed to happen. Oh, that's right. Fuck, you're right. Billy Joe had to pull out because of a. Uh, he was using some type of illegal substance, which was uh, to him an asthma inhaler. But, um, you know, that's neither mm-hmm. here nor there to discuss. And, you know, that's for another topic yeah. for another day. But that fight was postponed as well, too. That sucks. So, but, yeah, yeah. I, hope it, I hope it happens. It's a good fight for Demetrius Andre to showcase that, you know what, he can be in the ring with some of the best. No, yeah, I agree. I completely agree. All right, so moving on to ne- also the fight. So the next the next day, so that happened on a Friday night. The next day, you had the return of Canelo Alvarez. He returns and fights at super middleweight. He goes against the number one super middleweight in the world. B-ray, yep. He won by unanimous decision. I yes. had a unanimous decision. I didn't even give. I may have given Callum Smith one round, maybe if I remember correctly. I don't think I gave him nothing. Um. I was talking to Mr. Lou earlier, and he was like, you know, who the fuck was this Callum Smith guy? And blah, blah, blah. Oh, come on. <laughs> oh, no. Look, look, like, you know, and and I know he listens to the show, but look, I mean, the guy was the, I got, I gave Canelo credit, and we spoke about this via text, and I was hoping we would talk about it last week, but you know, shit happens. But give the man, give Canelo credit. He fought the number one man. Was he at the same level as Canelo Alvarez? No. We saw that right away as round one. Right away. He was not on the level of Canelo Alvarez. And anybody who listens to this show since day one knows I've never been much of a Canelo fan, but I've given him credit fight after fight. He's getting good. He's getting better. He may or may may not be one of the top guys in my pound-for-pound list. You guys have to find out until January 1st. But... And believe me, it's gonna shake a lot. My, I'll just give, I'll just say this real quick. My list is basically gonna shake up, and it may cause controversy, and may cause people to talk shit to us on our on our page, on Instagram page, that week. I'm letting it. It always know. does. It always does when we do. The I, I think this one's. Gonna, I think this one's gonna be even worse than the last one we did. Um, oh shit! So, <laughs> um, Callum Smith, number one super middleweight in the world, the duh. The WBA middleweight champion, the Ring Magazine, he's the man who beat the man who beat the man. He's, you know, he's the guy. He's the man of the division. Regardless of you, whether you don't know him because he's not a well-known name to you casuals, it doesn't take away that he was the number one middleweight of the world on BoxRec, on ESPN, on Ring Magazine, on basically every boxing platform, legit boxing platform. He was the number one man in the division. 
Canelo took him out. Canelo is now the man in that division. Whether you don't know the names or you do not, if you do, it doesn't matter. That division, like I told Mr. Lou, the division is it has good talent, but doesn't have any. There isn't a one guy in that division that's you know there's a standout. There isn't. No, there isn't. There isn't. That you know, and I think maybe it's gonna get there now because guess what? The cash cow's there. So you now you're gonna have. You know, I know for sure Jamal Charles is probably gonna fucking take a fight at super middleweight. Uh, I know the new the name that's being thrown out there is Caleb Plant. You know, I, I had Mr. Lugo, who the hell's Caleb Plant? Well, Caleb Plant is a good fighter. We don't know how good he is, though. That This is the thing about the, the super middleweight division, and it's always been like that. And I want to uh, just dwell on it just a little bit, indulge me on this, entice me on this, folks. The super middleweight division has never been the glamour division. It's always been the bastard division. It's been the bastard in-between division. Yeah, okay. I can't remember ever being in a top spot. Never. Nope. It, it was it was a division that Roy Jones just took a shit, took a quick pit stop shit, and then moved up to light <laughs> heavyweight. Bernard Hopkins avoided that division because he would, there's no historical value at super middleweight. And as much as that, you know, sugar, you know, the only time that super middleweight division here in the United States has ever been important has been when Sugar Ray Leonard fought for the super middleweight and light heavyweight division. People don't know that he fought for two titles and for one for two divisions. He fought for the for the first ever super middleweight division and light heavyweight division. That was the only time it was ever relevant here in the United States. Other than that, that middle the super middleweight division has been primarily a European division, the same way that cruiserweight has been a European division. I know people are going to be well. What about Andre Ward? Besides Showtime, who was the only other network that would showcase them, and ESPN Friday Night Fights, HBO never showcased the super middleweight division. They never looked at it as a serious threat. It was never the glamour division. It was always middleweight and light heavyweight. So to me, that was always the pit stop, um, the pit stop kind of bastard division. Nobody, nobody swarmed it. Unless you were the European, Chris Eubanks, um, Oh my God, I'm trying to remember the other names here. Cal, Joe Kawasaki, Carl Froch. Carl Froch is, a, I think, maybe the most notable super middleweight besides Joe Kawasaki. Both the guys are Englishmen. Andre right, Ward, I remember Carl Froch. Uh, Andre Ward is the only famous super middleweight champion there from the United States. Name any other guy in that division besides Jeff Lacey, which didn't last that long. The division is not, hasn't been here that long. It, it doesn't have a rich talent pool it doesn't have a rich history and before anybody screams at me go how the fuck it doesn't have a rich history with the american fans it doesn't have a rich history with the american fans so before anybody jumped the gun let me finish that okay i just said it the super midweek division <laughs> does not have a rich history in the united states it doesn't roy jones barely stepped but roy jones was only there for a minute. For a minute, James Tony was only there until he was he wasn't able to make it anymore. Andre Ward dominated it, but it was never it was never it was never embraced by the American fans. It, it again, it's been primarily a European dominated division. Only within the last couple of years, you're seeing the American and Mexicans starting to merge into that division. Canelo, um, David Benavides. Uh, 
uh, Caleb Plant. You got the Char- You got talks of Demetrius Andre, Jamal Charlo. Fuck it. You know Triple G's going to have to move up sooner or later up to that division. That's the division. Uh, yeah. That is now going to be the money division right now. That's what it is. So when I, when Mr. Lou texted me, like, oh, who's this fighter? Who's that? I'm like, and I, I know who they are. You don't because you don't follow the super weighted division. And, that, and, and that's not disrespecting Mr. Lou. Mr. Lou is a very a, – a student of the game as, as, as me and B-Ray are. He is not as devoted into boxing like me and B-Ray are, but he is very knowledgeable when it comes to certain things, mainly anything from the 80s because that's what he's primarily dick-diving for is the 80s boxing. But he, that's neither here nor there, and I love the man to death about that. But um, – Again, the, 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 when Mr. Lou texts me and tells me who the fuck are these guys, and, he, and basically, he basically named the top three guys in the division right now, not including Canelo. That just shows you that there is no, there's no rich history in that division here in the United States. For the fact for Mr. Lou not to know who Caleb Plan was, David Benavidez, um, fuck, I forgot the other guy he mentioned, uh, Billy Joel Saunders, those guys. He didn't. He, he go. Well, who the fuck are these guys? Are they? You know, I don't think they're any good. We don't know that. We don't know that because the networks never showcase them. We don't fucking know. The, you know, Caleb Plant has been a, a staple of the PBC. He's good. How good is he? We don't know. We'll find out when he fucking meets someone of Canelo's caliber. Two weeks ago, Canelo showed that he is the guy to beat at that division. You beat Canelo, you're at his level. Regardless of whether you agree that Canelo is the best fighter in the world or not, he showcased it. He beat the number one man in the division. He stomped. He fucking beat the shit from pillar to post. The number one super middleweight in the division. He plainly shown to everybody that the levels were different. And that was, and if we, oh, that was handpicked. It wasn't a handpicked fight. He fought the number one man in the division. The man was the man was at the right age. He was in his prime. He was the, the again the number one man in the. There's no excuse to discredit Canelo for this win. No excuse. No, no excuse. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, no. That was a really good one, by the way. Fuck yeah, follow that. <laughs> for the last basically five years, I feel like uh, the majority of the fights that he's had the majority of them we always end up by just it's always in a way in a way controversy mm. we always describe his fights pretty controversy there are some fights here and there where you go oh okay yeah you know but the majority were like i don't know you get me like that was the attitude i don't know that was pretty controversy that, that could have gone either way this one this fucking fight is for the first time in a long time i yeah i agree with you i was like you know what he did it he fought the number one guy which i'll admit i never heard much of this guy yeah. Not until they keep bringing him up, I think last year, then I did my research. Instead of judging him, I did my research. I, I look up this guy, I look up, you know, highlights, fights. And I was like, holy shit, he's, he's really good. He has, he has a height, the reach advantage. So I think I didn't even had a prediction, right? If I remember, I didn't even think I had a prediction for this fight. Because I, I really wanna... thought, yeah, right? Because I was like, this is really good. I said, they're, the matchup, they're matching them really good. Callum Smith might pull the upset, I go. The man had the height and reach advantage right. in this fight. And I said, oh, Canelo's going to have a hard time. Pfft. Didn't seem like Canelo had a hard fucking time going into the body. 
He I don't, fucked up his bicep. I, mean, like I, don't tricep, even, I believe. I don't even think this guy broke a sweat in that fight. No, I don't think he did. And I think that's what impressed. And 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 also, um, our our mother, you know, came. You know, our our mom came to visit me. Right? She saw the fight with me, and she's and I don't know if you know this. She doesn't like Canelo at all. That night, even her, she even admitted it. He looked great that night. No excuse. He won that fight. He won that fight. She goes. He demonstrated of how good he really is. That says a lot there too. I go. He demonstrated that he is a the that the the standard level of that division. Like if you got oh man, he's the oh, for the for the last couple of months for the last couple of years, uh, Callum Smith was the was kind of like the 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 barometer of how good that division can be. Yeah, but yes, I think you're right. You're right. Yes, Canelo elevated that now. Elevated. Now you have to be at your top game to beat this guy. You can't walk in there with the if you if you walked in going with the mentality like oh I'm the best you're not the best you know you gotta you gotta be Canelo now Canelo's that guy now Canelo's the 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 basically the ruler now that that you you have to measure up to that now. I agree. You have to measure up to it now. Now, mm-hmm. like, like I said, I, I for I'm gonna repeat this one more time. It doesn't have a rich history here in the United States, mm-hmm. but ladies and gentlemen, we do live in the 21st century. Google that shit. Google YouTube the, the fights of each guy, the top five guys in the division. Because guess what? Canelo looked good in that division. He made it very known. I'm probably going to stay in this division now. Yes. So, people, fucking look up Billy Joe Sanders. Look up Callum Samantha. Look up um, Caleb, uh, Caleb, Caleb Plant. Look up mm-hmm. these fighters. Yep. Find out. Who these fighters are? Look at their fights. Don't just base it on what the zone is feeding you. Yes, you know? look I it agree. up. Find out are these okay? You know, I'm gonna right here. Besides Canelo, you got Caleb Plant, David Benavides, Billy Joe Sanders. Um, you got Anthony Durrell, okay, John Ryder, Danny Jacobs, Caleb Truax. You know, and you know if we go down to middleweight, you know, shit. You got Demetrius Andrade. You got Jamal Charlo coming pretty soon. Jaime Munguia, if the money's right, might move up to super middleweight. Chris Eubank Jr. You got a you got a good amount of fighters that are gonna go up there. And that's not counting light heavyweights that you know, um yeah. fucking uh, the number two best super middleweight in the uh, light heavyweight in the world even said he was willing to fucking go down to super middleweight uh uh Dimitri Dimitri Bivol. Oh yeah, he's pretty he's very good. Dimitri Bivol even said, dude, shit, for the right money, I'll go down to one sixty eight to fight Canelo. So you, right now, uh, what he did right there. There you go. Every name that we just mentioned, look them up for we'll find out who they are. Don't discredit the fighters just because you don't know who they are. That's mm-hmm. the thing that pissed me off, and that's the thing that pissed me off. Michelou, Michelou just goes whatever the if Yahoo Sports doesn't write about that fighter, he doesn't know who the fuck they are. <laughs> and that's no disrespect to Michelou, and I love him to death. I mean, I love him, yeah, my brother, yeah. but. If if Yahoo Sports don't write about him, he ain't gonna fucking know who they are. So if he listens to it right here, right now, fucking watch these guys fight. Find out who they are. Find out what they they're, what they're capable of doing. You know, I don't think we should go right away and discredit these fighters like like no. uh, everyone no. was trying to discredit Cal, um, Callum Smith. The man was the number one med, super middleweight in the world. Yeah. And I don't know how oh, he's a bum. He went shit. And like, come on, bro. Like, See, there, there we go. And I feel like they didn't do the research like what I did. Because <clears throat> I, I, I was curious. Oh, yeah, he's number one. All right, let me see this. I go. And I, I, I felt it. I was like, you know what? I can see it. I saw that. 
I can see why they say he's the best at that division. Fucker's real good. And I and I think 2021, that division is going to have a shakeup. Canelo it really is. Up. Canelo's the money man. You're going to have all these middleweights and some of like heavyweights going to be just fucking swarming that division mm-hmm. right now. I agree. That division is the new, mm-hmm. that division's the, that division was going to be what we thought middleweight was going to be, the glamour division, remember? Right, yep. Canelo, for some reason, decided to move up and up, and now he's decided to move down yeah. and stay there. And, you know, and, and before I even ask that question, that's a very good question, too. I also want to point out is that his performance with Callum Smith, because they, they the way they were describing he took his time, similar to what he did to Kovalev, I thought his performance against Smith was better than Kovalev. I, in my opinion, I felt like he didn't really look good against Kovalev. Callum Smith, he fucking looked good. Super middleweight, I think, is his best is his best division. Right, I fucking I, I agree because light Mid- heavyweight felt like it's a little too much. Middleweight was much. good. Light heavyweight, I think, was. I mean, I don't think he goes back to light heavyweight. Not anytime soon. I think maybe he didn't even if, mention it. So no, I don't think so. I think nope. I think maybe when if he gets a little older, he might go maybe. up. To, maybe, 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 maybe. Maybe. But middleweight, there we go. That's a question I asked. I don't think he goes back down. Think, I don't, I don't think he, he told me that. He texted me like, I don't think he wants to go. I don't think he wants to go. I think he he makes weight comfortably at super middleweight. I don't think he's – was he struggling to make middleweight? I don't think so. But I think they found it easier. This is two fights in a row they fought. Not two fights in a row. That's two fights in, at that division. He looked yeah, good. Yeah, two fights in the division. He's he actually – He's actually looked more dominant in super middleweight than he did in middleweight. I thought he looked in a better shape in 116 with Count Smith when he did uh, with then with Rocky Fielding. Oh, Rocky Fielding, he looked kind of blown up. Right, he looked a little blown up. Count Smith, he looked fit, which I was surprised he weighed in a 168. I know eyes, you know, you don't. I know your eyes can. Uh, what do you call it? Um, um, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to look for that word, but I know that. You don't always believe what you see much, you know, but sighting is deceiving, whatever. But he he looked like he weighed less than 168. So I was really surprised he came in at 168. To me, I thought he was going to come in at 165. He looked light to me, man. I really thought he was going to come in lighter and use his hand speed. Came in at 168, and I can see why he wants to stay there. Looking great. He looked in tremendous shape. He to me he just looked he looked faster he just looked mm-hmm. powerful like everything was just clicking that night and him rolling his eyes when I asked about Triple G I thought that was funny because to me he's giving that impression I'm not in a hurry to fight him I mean I yeah the money comes in but he's not in a hurry to fight him I think I think at this stage do you after I think I think kind of was stalling for a bit for the third fight but after watching Triple G's last three performances. Mm-hmm. Is, there, is there any question? <laughs> who, wins the, who wins the third fight? Unless, I don't think there's much Unless questions. Triple G reemerges back himself as the best as a as a as a uh, as a threat to him. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't see it. I don't see it. And no. I know and I know I said that he that Canelo lost the first fight and I think the second fight should have been a draw. I think it should have been the other way around. Right? I think <laughs> I don't think there's a need for a third fight. I think after watching Triple G's performance uh, two weeks ago on Friday and watching Canelo's performance two weeks ago on Saturday, I think virtually, I think if you were to match these guys' last three fights, you we already know what the outcome is going to be in the third fight. Yeah. 
And I don't think there's I, a need I for that. And I, don't, and I don't think Canelo wants that fight. Like, there's nothing there. Like, I already know what's going to happen. I already know what I'm going to do to him. Why do you mm-hmm. want to watch it? Like, well, fuck this. Like, let me, let me, let me unify the championships here at Super Middleweight. Let me, let yeah, me which has his goal. Mm-hmm. You know, let me, let me do that here. Let me, let me get it done. Like I said, I think 2021 is going to be the, uh, it's going to be that division. That's going to, besides welterweight and lightweight, I think that's mm-hmm. going to be the division right now. It's going to be talked about for 2021. I think so. You know, I guess we right. can say it. That, that's his home now, I believe. 168. Uh, so 168 is home. I don't think he moves down to middleweight for anything. There's no point to move up down, put move down to middleweight for anything mm-hmm. unless, <clears throat> unless there's like, uh, no, there's nothing. Oh, unless, unless Errol, unless the Errol Spence fight comes, comes to mind. That's the only fight I can see him like. All right, fuck. I'll, I'll entertain you. It's a money fight. I'll entertain you. I'll right. move down to super. I'll move down to middleweight to fight to fight the welterweight champion of the world. That's the only time I can see that. Hey, right. Yeah, he might do that. Maybe That's the only fight I can see him moving down. Like I said, I don't think he struggles to make 160. You know, but there's just certain fighters that don't look good at a certain division. Like like Tank Davis, he doesn't look good at 135, but he looks great at 130. Ricky Haddon. Yeah. Ricky Haddon was that type of fighter. Ricky Haddon, Ricky Haddon looked great at 140, but those seven pounds, he looked like shit at welterweight. Yeah, true. Yeah, they're just certain fighters that just don't look good uh, at, at certain divisions. Like it just it, it happens once in a while. They just don't look that good. Yeah, I you know? agree. And Canelo, like I said, I don't think he struggles to make it. Like Ricky had never struggled to make one forty seven, but his fights at one forty seven, he looked like shit against Ka, uh, Calazo and Mayweather. <laughs> he, he didn't look yeah. good at. 140, he was fucking wrecking ball, dude. Like, he just had more energy at 140 than when he did at 147. That's very true. I think that's what was the case for him. Uh, Canelo can make 160 easily, I assume. Doesn't like the, He probably doesn't like the way his body responds at 160, but he likes the way his body responds at 168. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's just the way it is. It just, it's just, that's just the way it is, man. I, I agree, and you're right. The the Spence fight, he, he'll probably do it just for that, which I think that will be a fucking sellout. I mean, if once COVID ends, I think they will really sell out the uh, AT and T Stadium. Oh yeah, that 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 is basically an AT and T Stadium type of fight. Um, Fuck yeah! Baby, talk about Terence Crawford. I mean, talking about Terrence, <laughs> you mentioned Timothy Bradley. We'll move on here. Timothy Bradley, um, ESPN, they're they're year in review, which is basically them just talking about it, um, their fighters and their fighters only and yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, dispensing a little bit of uh, of things on the PVC, throwing little jabs here and there. Uh-huh. Bradley said, he questions Earl Spence, and this is speaking on Spence fighting Canelo, and I quote, why would you go up and face Canelo, but you won't face Crawford in the same wake as you? I think Earl, uh, I think Earl Spence is at a point now he just wants to get the money. Then he wants to leave the game. He has no intention of fighting Terrence Crawford. B-Ray, you agree with Timothy Bradley's comments? I think he needs to stop sucking Crawford's dick, man. I think he needs to stop that. I really do. That's one. And then number two, he making it sound like, well, Spence not really trying to Spence fucking, he's basically, he did so many times challenge Terrence Crawford. He really did. I think he's, he's at a point where, like, I already said what I said. He know he has my number. 
Well, he said it on the zone. I'm willing to fight him as long as he's willing to take mm-hmm. 60 40 or 70 30. Let's we'll have this fight. There we go, right? No, 60 40. That's a pretty good fight now. 70 30. I can see why some 70 30 is disrespectful. I know, disrespectful. 60 40. Pretty good fucking deal. You know, it's a, it's a pretty good deal. You know, um, I know, be like, oh, what are you talking about? That's not a good deal. That's, you know, he's done, he has a better resume. And I'm like, I, with against Don't who? Don't get me started. Don't like, get me started. Uh, whatever. But for, for Bradley, go, oh, he's just looking for the money. Well, no shit. It, <laughs> well, no shit. First of all, if the, Can- if the Canelo fight appears itself, which one's a bigger, which one's a bigger money grab? Crawford versus Spence or Spence versus Canelo? Canelo's a big money fight. Canelo's a big money fight. Canelo's a big money fight. No shit. Of course you're going to go over there and fight Canelo. <laughs> if, especially if it's easy to make right now. That To me, the road to Canelo is easier than the road to Terrence Crawford. Yeah, you're right. Especially right now. It is. It is. It is. It it is. Especially right now. It's fucking easy. Very easy of to make. Of course. Oh, he's only, he's only in there to just cash out. First of all, they're prize fighters. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. <laughs> they're fucking prize fighters. They they fight for a living. Yes, you want the accolades. Yes, you want the legacy. You want the Hall of Fame career. Right? Yes. But at the end of the day, last time I checked, those 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 legacy those legacies, the the stuff that's going to put you in the Hall of Fame isn't fucking paying the bills. Okay, not everyone, um, I'm sorry, Tim, not everyone can get a job as a commentator. Damn. <laughs> not everyone can have a wife who's smart enough to invest money in Palm Springs and open, a, open up a, 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 a garage to repair cars. Not everyone is smart enough to do that, Tim. Some of them have to live off fight to fight. Now, Earl Spence living off fight to fight? No, he's investing money. But mm-hmm. you're fighting to make sure you, when you decide to retire, you're not still fighting for a paycheck anymore. Yeah, look at him. See? Yeah. So he that's retired right. early. And secondly, Tim should shut the fuck up. <laughs> Tim, never took, Tim never fought Amir Khan when he needed to fight Amir Khan. He never fought. He only, we, I think we broke down Timothy Bradley's last fight. I think we he, did. He only fought top-ranked fighters. He never moved up to fight Thurman. I don't, he never fought to we, fight Porter. He never did that shit. The fuck? Did we do he, it on the show? I remember we did it. Uh, yeah, we did. Uh, we did Thanksgiving week. Yeah, I think oh, we okay. did. He never did anything like that. So for him huh? to accuse on another fighter, like, oh, he just wants to fight in-house, in-house, in-house. Motherfucker, you were the, you were the in-house fighter. <laughs> fought Brandon Rios, yeah. You were in-house fighter. You didn't fight anybody outside. Name one oh. fighter you fought outside of top rank. When you were assigned the top rank, I'll wait, Tim. I'll fucking wait right here. I'll cut you a check to six hundred dollars, and I don't. And, I, and, I know, and I know it will make a fucking dent in your wallet. It'll make it on mine. So I'm gonna have to fucking cry if I cut that check. But guess what? I'm confident enough that you can't give me one fighter you fought that wasn't a top rank signed fighter. That wasn't an in-house fight. I'll wait so for you to call someone else an in-house fighter. Shit, Crawford's an in-house fighter too, bro. Let's get into it. Fuck it. Oh, because because nobody wants to fight him. That's why. Oh, that's no way. Oh, wait, wait. What? Nobody wants to fight him. Nobody wants to fight him. He goes. Nobody's oh. willing to get in the ring with him. Oh, hold on, hold on. I'm like, I'm gonna read this. Tell me who this is, B. Right? 
and I quote, I'm like, damn, man. All right, I'll fight him. If nobody will, I'll fight him. You know, with me, it's 100%. The competitive spirit that I have and the willingness to fight someone who a lot of people feel he's feared and a lot of people don't want to fight him. Really? The only thing stopping me, preventing me from fighting him, Terrence Crawford, is the fact that he and I both haven't said yes. And he's if he's willing to say yes, the fight will happen. Who was that, B-Ray? Oh, that is Showtime Sean Porter. Correct. Yep. Also, Sean Porter. Uh-huh. Also, Sean Porter came out on his podcast and said they offered him a fucking million dollars to fight Terrence to fight Terrence Crawford, and they said he ain't fucking getting lowballed. Wait, I'm sorry. They offered him what? A million dollars because guess what? Guess what? What? Guess what? Sean Porter is not a pay per view fighter. But get, hold on, but hold on, hold on, hold on. This is the funny thing. This is the funny thing. So, Sean Porter is not a pay per view fighter, but he fought Earl Spence on pay per view. I was about to say that. Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? If Manny, if when people go, hey, so if Manny Pacquiao fights Sean Porter, is that a pay per view fight? Well, of course it's a pay per view fight. So Sean's a pay per view fighter, then, right, Barry? Yes, he is. Yep. But he's yep. not a pay per view fighter for Terrence. So is it Sean's not a pay per view fighter, or does or is Bob really saying? That my guy, the guy I'm promoting as the most feared welterweight in the world, is actually not a fucking attraction like he likes to think he is. <laughs> you have it right here. Sean Porter opening his fucking mouth yeah. and saying, I'm willing to fight. Just say yes. Let's get it done. But at the he same time, uh-huh. but at the same time, don't offer me bullshit money either. You know this fight is worth it. A million. I'm sorry. That's just come on. It's actually worth Bet you anything. They put this on pay-per-view. That pay-per-view numbers, you can see at least it's going to be better than a mere contract. Oh, shit. My bad, people. I'm, that's why I'm getting frustrated. <laughs> that fight does better than a mere contract. That fight does better than Victor Postal. I'm sorry. Postal, that, fight yep. does, that fight does almost two to 300,000 buys. Right. I, which I believe those are two people who fights uh, Terrence Crawford was in. I believe yeah. two. There we go. So if he fights Sean Porter, pay-per-view, and I, just, I bet you anything, it, those numbers are going to be way better than those two pay-per-view fights. Then finally, Probably reach almost a million. For, maybe, maybe reach for, almost. for ESPN and Bradley, who you know, has his mouth full of uh, Crawford cock, it's out there. Nobody wants to fight him. Everyone's afraid of him. PBC, you got to need to step up. You got Sean Porter his own fucking podcast saying, I'm willing to fight him. I'm competitive. I'm willing to go. I am the number one contender for the WBO Welterweight Championship of the World. Let's get it done. Yes. And the response from the response from the other side is we'll pay you a mil because we don't think you're a pay-per-view fighter. No, no, cut the bullshit. You don't think Crawford's a pay-per-view attraction. Because you already tried twice to sell us bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't attract. He doesn't attract. Bob knows it. Crawford for some reason doesn't think it. But he's not. Sean, fight Sean Porter. To me, fight Sean. Fucking agree. Either fight Sean. I know that he was supposed to fight Manny. According, he was supposed he was supposed to fight Manny. I don't know how the fuck it is. Last time I checked, Manny has one more fight with fucking PBC. So I don't know how he was gonna get how Crawford and, and Bob were gonna get Pacquiao out of the PBC contract. I don't know. They're the same yeah, way. They, the, the same way they got Tyson Fury out of the third fight with Wilder. Probably. I don't know. But. 
the fact that they're going to sit here and say, nobody wants to fight him. He's the most feared man. You got Ter- Sean Porter, who has said right now, I'm willing yep. to fight him. Just say yes. I'm Let's get it done. That's and what he's asking for, basically. But right? at the same time, don't offer me bullshit money because you know that people are going to watch it. Mm-hmm. And and it, to me, it's stupid for them to say, well, he's not a pay-per-view attraction. How the fuck were you guys able to sell Kel Brook as a threat to Terrence Crawford, but you guys can't sell Sean Porter? That's where, yeah, that's where the bullshit – that's a bullshit excuse. You're right. That I don't get that. How the fuck are you able to sell me Kel Brook, but you can't sell Sean Porter? Exactly. No one's been able to dominate Sean Porter. Nobody's been able to knock out Sean Porter. He's been knocked down by by Broner, but no one's been able to dominate Sean Porter. I mean, can you say Kel Brook was the closest? Kel Brook beat him, but I don't think he dominated him. Dominated him? He hustled him. Nobody dominated him. I think that's what you're trying to point at, right? Nobody really fucking dominated him. Not even Spence. Okay, if, no, if, if the if the Crawford fan here, the fanboys, are going to be like, oh, look, he fucked up the Kell Brook easier than fucking than Earl Spence. And we sat here and go, motherfucker, that was 2017's Kell Brook. You can't compare this version, bro. And yeah. then, okay, here's your chance to rub it in, in the Spence face. I we agree. Were able to beat the shit of the guy that you had a tough time against. I agree. That's the fight. How it that fight sells itself with that narrative? They love to compare, right? That's the fight. That is the fight to do. That is a compare. that is the comparable fight. Why not? Oh, he's not a pay per view worthy fighter. Then put it on a put it on ESPN. But pay the guy the money. He's worth it. I agree. But it's not going to happen. You know, and, and Harry, it says Terrence, right Terrence Crawford comes out and said Terrence Crawford and Earl Spence saying that he's willing to take that he's willing to have to take he's will either he's gonna have to take either 60 40 or 70 30 terrence crawford just laughed and said maybe that car wreck knocked a couple screws loose it's laughable to me this dude is funny i'm sorry where the fuck where the fuck does he think he can he's gonna get 50 50 from that's exactly that's uh the thing that really frustrates me of the way fighters think they're just fucking delusional I'm sorry, and I can't believe I'm saying this because I'm a fan of Crawford. But for him to say that, you're fucking delusional, dude. What? What is? You get me? Like, what is it? What is it? Do you feel that you deserve fifty-fifty? And don't give me, oh, I've been, I've been undisputed champion. I'm sorry, dude, but that was yesterday's news. That's how I see it. Yeah. This guy in a what, what, three fights in a row. He Spence had fought. Very good, top-notch competition. Now, I know some people be like, well, not Mikey. And if you want to, okay, I can take away Mikey, but he fought Danny Garcia and Sean Porter. Kel Brook at, at his prime, even though he was... At his prime, exactly. Look, this is what Spence said. I'm the big dog at the welterweight division. You got to take a backseat and take either 60-40 or 70-30, whatever we give him. Crawford's thing is, and they said it was me. I rest my case now. On to the next. The chapter's not closed. You're not willing to work. No, you're not. There's no negotiations. Either 50-50 or it's nothing. Basically, he feels like, oh, 50-50. To me, this is the same thing that happened with Pacquiao Mayweather. The the, the money didn't come down. And then, I was about when, to say and, then when the, and then when the fight finally did, it lost its luster and the one guy still had enough stock left over 
had enough popularity to at least wield it. And we all know that at the end, Manny Pacquiao ended up taking the the 40%. Right, 60-40, right? <laughs> it was a 60-40 at the end. Which I believe that was the original, right? That isn't, isn't that what Floyd basically came out? Hey, 60-40. 60-40, yeah. and then it was agreed to 50-50, and then later on it was back to fucking 60-40. You had no choice. You got you got to take the 60-40 now. Yep. And I feel this is going to get to the same place. You know what? I, I remember Pauly Malanji made this. Uh, he said this when the whole Mayweather Pacquiao fight was happening. He kept saying, you know, okay, you don't like the 60-40. You know what? Then fine. If you're that confident you're going to beat him, take the 60-40, beat him, and then you dictate how much you make in the next fight. Exactly. Well, now, see, but now you got now you got fighters that all now actually already do the fucking rematch clauses with already the split. Anthony Joshua was the perfect example with uh, Andy Ruiz. You know, I don't think they thought that he was going to win, but let's put a rematch clause, and they gave him shitty money. And Ruiz had to hold it hostage, and they finally gave Ruiz a little bit more money. It, nowadays, in rematch clauses, you even got the fucking split for the rematch gone in, in it already. So you don't think – I think maybe before you didn't do it. Now it's it's a given that – it's a given that that's what's going to happen now where you're going to add the split. Like, hey, well, you know, if I lose, you know, it's going to be 60-40 again, though, for my favor. <laughs> and I think maybe that's what kind of ends some of the deal. Like, no, well, fuck, I'm gonna beat you. I should get fifty fifty. Yeah, or the other way around. I'm the, the, like, the other way around. Well, like, uh, I think the perfect example was uh, was a uh, fucking uh, uh, Fury Wilder. Fury Wilder was a sixty yeah. forty fight. He promised him fifty fifty. They split it down the middle in the second fight. The third fight, I think, is a sixty forty. Forty going to Wilder, sixty going to Fury. If they end the, if they end up fighting for a third fight. If yeah. Uh-huh. That's the way it goes. You know, th- those are the easy negotiable fights. This one isn't. Look, um, you know, we'll, we'll move on to the next one. But, look, uh, me talking about Terrence Crawford, I'm not discrediting him. I think he's a good fighter. Uh, here's, a little, here's a spoiler alert. He's not the number one pound-for-pound fighter on my list anymore. And I'll, nope. break, and I'll break it down next week why he's not the best. He's no longer number one. But well, I'll break it down a little bit here. And I know, and I know it's contradictive of myself when I say resume, but to me, the pound for pound list is who is. If you were to fight anybody in the division, how how difficult can you be? And watching all these fighters and putting them on the list the way of having it, each each one of these fighters has fought someone at the elite level. Crawford hasn't fought anybody. He's been fighting guys below his level. Sean Porter is at that level. Is at that level, regardless of what people have to. Regardless of what people say, he's at that level. And for him to ask for a 50-50 split when you're fighting Mean Machines, Kell Brooks, Amir Khans of the world, and then you're demanding to be recognized as the most feared welterweight in the world without actually proving it, you know, it's kind of hard to at least put you in the spot that you were before. And it's hard to defend it. I, I, I find it difficult and shocking when I hear Terrence Crawford fans defend the fact that he's the, he's the most feared welterweight in the world when he's not fighting the fights he needs to fight. You know, he's not fighting the marquee names. We're talking about marquee names. You know, me, no one ever accused Mean Machine being the toughest, toughest opponent. Mean Machine was being categorized like, well, he's the only guy that was willing to fight him. Kel Brook was like, oh, you know, Kel Brook is a, is a sturdy individual. It's starting to get to the point where ESPN is going to have to it's going to have to start finding excuses to have these fights for Crawford because guess and, and I don't think it's going to keep going. I think sooner or later they're going to realize like we can't keep we can't keep putting on these fights and masquerading them as 
legitimate fights for him. They're not. He's gonna, have, it's, he's gonna it's have to truth. fight the Thurmans. He's gonna have to fight the the, the porters of the world. Like I said in the, uh, a couple months ago, all road lead to Manny Pacquiao. If Crawford wants fifty fifty, he's gonna have to sneak the Pacquiao fight, take the belt, and then he has he ha- he holds one. Uh, he he holds two of the four belts. Yes, that's, that's the only way. All roads lead to Pacquiao, and I think Pacquiao is mm-hmm. very aware of that. And I think here's my prediction for 2021: Manny Pacquiao is going to find is going to see who's going to bid more money. Is it the or is it going to be top ranked? That's going to want more. Is going to ask for him because I think he knows that. First of all, he's a cat. He is the cash cow at this moment. But if Crawford and Spence want to uh, want to continue this whole 60 40 70 30 50 50 split bullshit, one of them is going to have to get the title. And that's what's yep. gonna happen. I know. I totally agree. That, that's, that's the only way. Uh, maybe if he beats Sean Porter in a very, very good fashion way, but for sure Pacquiao. Yeah, if he beats Pacquiao, for sure fifty-fifty. Well, yeah, like I said, yeah, if he, if he if he beats Sean Porter, he puts himself in there for a possible talk for a fifty-fifty split. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for that, sure. That's for sure. That that's what's gonna do. But uh, moving on, so we're going to do a little quick boxing, uh, little news things, and then we're going to move on to uh, – uh, yeah, then we're going to move on to uh, the our prediction episode for Brian Garcia. So real quick, Oscar De La Hoya was on Fight Hub, and he says, and I quote, if uh, he was asked if he would fight Canelo on his, on his comeback, and he put it, and I quote, I've always prided myself in fighting the very best. Why not go after the second best? Why not go after the guy who beat him? Why not go after Mayweather, for instance, in a revenge fight? That's intriguing. B-Ray, what's your take? So <laughs> he's basically saying that Canelo is not the best fighter in the world. It's Mayweather. That's the first, you know, the second best fighter in the world. He'd rather get a rematch. What's your take on that? Since when the fuck is he admit that he was the best fighter? That's that's what I got. I, I took I took it out of that. I took it out of that. When he that's probably realized, when he probably realizes that he that uh, Mayweather's making a lot of money fighting a guy like Logan Paul and Ray Jones and Mike Tyson made a lot of money fighting and each other. Ex- exactly. I was about to say it. And two, because of that, he probably knows he's making a lot of money. And also three, he knows he will get his asshole. Canelo will fuck him up. Or, or, or Triple G said, if murder was legal, I'll fucking take it. <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. Which, by the way, everyone was going... Everyone was just hating on that. Everyone was saying, like, we well, you know everyone was just going nuts on Wilder saying something similar, but Triple G says it. Ha, 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 funny. Did you, did you see that? Yeah, but, I mean, I'm not going to really get into that. I think it's it's yeah, obvious know, right? It's obvious what it is. So. Exactly, yeah. It's obvious. All right, next news. Uh, this is for you, B-Ray. Mark Carpenter put the Adrian Broner, <laughs> Broner is slated to return in February on Showtime. Few opponents are being discussed, but the first bout – he, it will be the first bout since he's, he was defeated by Manny Pacquiao in 2019 in January. It says Otto Wallen versus Dominic Brazil will have to fight a, a, as a co-main event. Bieber, what's your take? Adrian Borna coming back. Otto Wallen, Dominic Brazil as a co-main event in February. You know what I? You know what I, I took it as, and I saw the comments. You fuckers were funny. I, I said the same thing too. Didn't it sound like the, the, the fighters you mentioned at the end? Didn't it sound like those were potential fights? Opponents for Adrian Broner. <laughs> when I read it, I had to do a double take. I'm not going to lie. I did have to go <laughs> uh, that's uh, one. I want to say that, and then two. Fuck Adrian Broner. Who, who, who fucking cares? Who fucking cares, man? 
Wow. You you fight you fight Crawford, I'll probably care. I'll probably care. But other than that, fuck Adrian Broner. And in, and in Canelo news, it says source uh, Eddie Hearn and Eddie Reynoso are discussing a two fight deal for Canelo to compete on the zone in February and May, one against uh, Ivan uh, Yerdin and Billy Joe Sanders, respectively. If the deal is reached, the first fight could take place in February 27th in Canelo's hometown of Guadalajara, Mexico. Beer, what is your take on that? Um, you know Eddie's, what? Trying, Eddie's trying to keep Canelo on the zone still. He is, actually. And hearing that he wants to fight, of course, and of course in his home in Mexico, to me, I'm, o- I'm okay with that because it's a stay-busy fight for him. So he wants to do it in his home t- in his hometown. I know a lot of people are fucking flagging this shit. A lot of people are saying, "Why is he picking?" To me, I'm like, it, in a way, I don't know. If, I don't know, why, but it makes sense in a way. He wants to stay busy. He wants to fight in his hometown. So he wants to give somebody. I don't know who the fuck this person is. He just wants to showcase in his hometown. Then he gets to real business in May. That's how I see it. But mm-hmm. a lot of people are flagging on him for the opponent he's facing in fe- possibly. In February. Well, if no one's saying shit for May, of course, because it's of a Billy good, Joe Sanders. It's a good turnaround. He fights in February, then he fights in May, and he possibly fights in September. Yeah, and possibly December. Or, or, very, very, or, or November, uh, December. Right? That's a very – if he does that shit, who he might be fighting of the year or he will be talked about for sure. He's talking about how successful he had. Yeah, I mean – if it means he's in a fight three times this year and he it, it's kind of like a gimme fight, then I'm, oh, I'm four cool. times, right? He might I'm fight cool in February. Yeah, me too. If he fights in February, fights in May, let's say he fights like in November or December, I'm cool with that. Me too. Like he, let's say he goes uh, uh, Yerdin, Billy Joe, and let's say he fights uh, November or December, he fights a uh, Caleb Plant. I'm throwing out a name. Not a bad, not, not a no, bad. Not not a bad 21, two, uh, 2021 calendar year. No, not really. I still think he'll probably fight September, but yeah, you're right. If it not, yeah, November, December. Not bad. Not bad at all. Hey, Barry, you having trouble there? All right. <laughs> all right. All right, so we get to the we get to the main event, folks. Like I said, this uh, this was an episode where we like basically give you a clusterfuck of things. We review 2020. We talk about yeah. all the topics in boxing we couldn't catch. And now – we get to the main event. So this Saturday night on the zone, Ryan Garcia versus Luke Campbell. Um, we're not going to put the prediction thing, uh, the prediction segment, because it's, you know. Oh, really- yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I can't find the audio. Oh, okay. Fuck it. I'll do it. Pain. Pain. Yeah. Prediction. Pain. There we go. There you go. All right. Be uh, right. <laughs> I've been hearing people saying this is this is a, this is a, a a a main this is like a a big fight big fight weekend big fight weekend is this a big fight weekend for Ryan Garcia? No, it's not 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 huge huge, but this is kind of a big step for Ryan. Thank so, you. There we go. <laughs> Look, I'm here like, oh, this is a big fight, man. This is a big fight weekend. And I'm like, is it really though? Not really a big fight. You know what? This it's is a big when step. You can tell this is how you can tell this is a big fight. Anyone that follows us, especially my page, the week, the Monday, the week of the fight, I always post something and be like, hey, it's fucking fight week. That's what you know. This is a fucking interesting fucking fight. Not interesting, but a big fight. And, this I, is not I, really I, big. and I haven't seen anybody post that. Me either. See that? This is a big step. So this is basically a fight where, like, the story is this fighter, Ryan Garcia, is taking a huge fucking step. 
It's an interesting fight, but I want to say it's a big fight, but it's very interesting because of a huge, huge step for Ryan Garcia. Well, the winner becomes the number one contender for the WBC. Yeah. That was kind of the talk. He becomes the number one contender for the WBC. Mm -hmm. Ryan Garcia has gone on Fight Hype or Fight Hub and said, fuck the WBC. No, fuck Devin Haney. Fuck men toys. I only want big fights. He says he wants Tank Davis. He says he's going to – as when he wins and wins, wins fashionably, he is gonna call out Tank Davis. Um, B Ray, mm-hmm. I mean, we've always uh, our biggest critique of Ryan Garcia is, is the caliber of opponents. He looks good against uh, a D level and C level fighter. He's stepping up against a guy like Luke Campbell, who is a former two time title challenger. You know, he challenged Lomachenko, he challenged Linares. He's a good fighter, a sturdy good fighter. We all think he's going to give this kid trouble. Do you think he's going to fucking get rid of him this quick? Is is Ryan Garcia going to make this guy a highlight reel? I really don't see it. I'll be pretty surprised if he does it, but I don't see it. I really think that this is going to be a fight that he's kind of poly struggle for a bit. And we're going to see we're we're, we're going to see it. We're going to see how tested he's going to be tested. We're going to see how badly he wants this fight. So him a knockout? I really don't see it. I really think we're gonna end it with a decision, a decision win possibly for. God damn it, this is a tough one. So far, I have it by they going twelve rounds. I got it going twelve rounds too. Um, I think <sighs> there are gonna be moments for Ryan, but I think I I just think Luke Luke has the experience in him. Yeah. Um, Brian Garcia Very has much experience. I don't think Ryan Garcia has been put in a tough fight. We don't know if he can change gears. You know, that's the question. You know, he hasn't been in a tough fight where Eddie Reynoso is having to instruct him with uh, with stuff. You know, I know he's he's been with Eddie Reynoso's team for like what a year, two years now. Um, uh, have, yeah, two years. They have how many yeah. fights together, but the, the fights haven't lasted long, so they haven't really been in those tough fights where he's telling him, "Hey, calmate, tira." You know, like we haven't seen him in that type of app and that type of thing. How is he going to react to Eddie Reynoso talking to him? We haven't seen that's that. That's very yet. true. No, we haven't, and I think that's what uh, a lot of people are interested in this fight because we want to see. You know, the adjustments. Can he make these adjustments? Can he go through adversity? I, I think that's what's it's making everyone, I guess, anxious. This is a very interesting fight, but again, big fight. No, I don't think it's a big fight. I think, I think, I think Ryan Garcia wins by decision. I think he might take it. Um, yeah, you know, what? yeah. I think at the end, if it goes to a close decision, I think they might give it to him. Yeah, and, and I think so. I think it goes to a close decision. I think Ryan Garcia gets a nod. Um, I think he'll have moments, but I think. Um, it's going to be the same way when Lomachenko had moments against Luke Campbell. They were just moments. And, you know, Lomachenko, yes. just had, Lomachenko just had to box the guy for 12 rounds. I agree. And I think that's what's going to end up happening here. He's going to have to fight him for 12 rounds, and that's, that's, as, uh, that's as far as he's going to get. Um, when, uh, well, we, so we both agree. Decision? I say decision. Yeah, I say decision that he, he wins. Okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you hear the background, Mr. B-Ray is hitting the road, I think. Yeah, I forgot to pick up my mother. <laughs> oh, shit. So, we're going to be ending this pretty quick. But So, you got Ryan Garcia winning by decision then? I really do. But I think the question is, uh, how good would he look? I think that's the question. So, I think – so, prediction is, yeah, he wins by decision. But how good would he look? 
if he looks bad, does do you think he should still call out uh, Tank Davis, or do you think he should slow down a roll and fight another like another Luke Campbell type fighter? He he looks horrible. No 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 no. He if he looks bad, if he looks bad, mm. he, for sure. I think he's gonna be like, you know what? Never mind. Hold on, let me wait. He I don't I don't think so. I think his his ego would think like, no, nah, I'm fucking ready. I'm ready. This was just an off night. I'm ready. No 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 no. That's a bad fucking idea, man. Because if you're gonna go in like that against Tank Davis, you're gonna get fucked up. And I think so too. If he if he looks good. I think he calls out Tank Davis. I think Tank's the money fight. Um, yes. I, and I'll say this real quick. I think Devin Haney. Devin Haney for some reason is getting the most avoided, but I think it's not because he's the he's the most he's the best fighter in the world. It's that mm. he's the less marquee fighter. Yeah, David. Yeah, you're right. David Ryan Haney, rather the, fight. The Ryan rather fight Tiafimo or he rather fight Tank. Devin Haney. It's not that Devin's the most avoided. Is that Devin doesn't bring anything to the table besides a belt. And no, and that's what they kept saying on the zone. Like he's not a marquee fighter, so that's the reason why Ryan Garcia doesn't want so uh, I, a fight a guy like him. So that's how we see. That's how we see it, folks. So we think Ryan Garcia is going to win by decision. Um, yes. Is he going to look good? Is he going to look? Uh, is he going to look that bad? That is the question. That is the question. We're going to find out this Saturday night. I think. I just. I think he's going to struggle. I don't think he's. I don't think he's going to look that good. I think he'll look good, but I don't think that tremendous where he, people are going to be like, oh, he, he's ready for the fucking elite fighters like Teofimo Lopez. I don't think so. Nope. No Fed, way. No fucking way. But uh, we have to see. Yep. We'll have to see. And you guys have to see. So don't forget this uh, starting January 1st, we got the new pound for pound list coming out. Yep. guys. So don't forget about that. Um, we're going to end it because Beery has to go right now. Beery is literally waiting outside the door to get in his car. So he's doing, he's being a trooper because he's letting his mother wait outside in the cold. So Beery, any <laughs> little, anything you want to say before we sign out? Uh, just uh, not really much. So thanks for, you know, for listening to this episode. Also, don't guys, don't forget to vote for me, man. New Year's Eve, right? Guess of the year. Tomorrow, all right? So don't forget to do that. And I hope everyone has a safe, happy new year, man. So thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode and downloading. Thanks for support. We really appreciate it. Yes, we do appreciate it, folks. Again, like he said, happy new year. So hope you guys are safe. Hope you guys are with your loved ones. We'll be back next week to review Ryan Garcia. We'll be back to talk about my pound-for-pound list. And again, don't forget to vote for B-Ray as guest of the year for the Rambling Alcoholics 2020. Let's make sure he becomes a two-time world champion. Time to time. Other than that, folks, uh, enjoy yourself. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for subscribing. Uh, give us a like. Uh, give us a five-star rating. It helps with the visibility of this episode. And uh, Happy New Year. And let's hope 2021 is a, uh, is a better year than this year when it comes down for to sure. our health. And I hope, really agree. And hopefully, let's, we get another great boxing year. So other than that, guys, we out. Latest. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. This is all I got. This is all I got.